Well, we're starting. Welcome back, folks. Here for your meditation on Holy Saturday. Your three favorite hosts of all time of this show are here. But we should probably make a note. We're talking about a host, but we once had a guest on the show, a Mr. Hunter Swagger. And we have failed to announce that he had a little baby girl just a couple weeks ago. Her name is Bethany and just adorable. The family is all doing well and they're grateful for all the support and prayers that people have been able to give them. So how about as listeners, especially if you remember that podcast with Hunter, if you could be sure to lift them up in a prayer of gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you want to know the exact episode, it was season one, the fourth episode in our Advent series. So we had him on when we talked about love. We should do like, you know how TV series or movies after it's been 30 years, it's like, where are they now? We should do that with all of (laughs) our people who have been on, like, you know, Krista Willard's like, where is she now? I mean, she's still principal. (laughs) And Father Andy Booms is still pastor. Okay, but internally, (laughs) where has the journey led? Jason changed jobs. There you go. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Jason has changed jobs. Mm -hmm. Where is he working now? Nouvelle. That's well, right. That's the high right. school. Nouvelle High School. Right. The Theology school. teacher. Yep. He would be very good at that. I can yes. see that going well. I about missed my mouth drinking my water. Okay. Well, mm. some days you're just barely getting by. <laughs> it's all right. The Lord is with us. <laughs> Holy Spirit. Activate. Activate. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm trying to think of, have we had any other guests on the show? We had in our Advent Jacob. series. Jacob. Oh, yeah, Jacob Hugo. How yep. could we forget him? He's, he's living the he dream, now? still at the parish. I mean, it, he was literally on, like, what, three weeks ago? Yeah. So yeah. not a whole lot has changed for him. Okay. Trying to think. Bishop is oh, up yeah. and running, doing yeah. as, as good as, as always. and Still the bishop of Saginaw. Still the yeah. bishop. Still the bishop. Thank yeah. the Lord, yeah. And everybody else is in uh, good shape. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so. At least that's what I would... They haven't gone down a dark and deprived path like Emma did that one time. Right. right. Yeah, that was scary. But, but we made know, it back, you know. That's right. And that this is good. the perfect season to be talking about what happens when we go down those dark paths of moral depravity and just knowing that the Lord went into the darkness so that he could rescue us. Especially on Holy Saturday. <gasps> Ayo. Oh, Let's go. Okay, here we go. Let's go. So today... We're going to talk about Holy Saturday. So we'll talk about Holy Saturday in the morning and during the day. And then we'll briefly touch on the beginning of the Easter Vigil. Mm. So what happens, like we've made this turn then from waiting, from the period of quiet and waiting, to now joyful celebration. So we'll talk a little bit about both. But to begin, since, again, no Mass is celebrated during the day of Holy Saturday, the only Mass that is celebrated on Holy Saturday is the Easter Vigil in the night. And so there's no really, there's no collect for Holy Saturday Mass because there is no Mass. But I do want to open with the prayer from the Office of Readings, and it's also the same prayer for morning prayer from the Liturgy of the Hours of Holy Saturday. So we would pray this, obviously, prior to Easter starting. So I just want to open up with that. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 All-powerful and ever-living God, your only Son went down among the dead and rose again in glory. In your goodness, raise up your faithful people, buried with him in baptism, to be one with him in the eternal life of heaven, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God forever 
and ever. Amen. 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 Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you guys find that silence awkward? That was awkward. Awkward, awkward. Just a little bit awkward? A little bit. Do you guys know why I wanted to start with silence? Please tell us, Emma. So the whole purpose of Holy Saturday is this waiting. Jesus is away from us. You know, yesterday we celebrated, or well, yesterday, if we were actually Holy Saturday, it would be Good Friday, speaking of yesterday. But last week, you know, we talked about Good Friday. And this is where Jesus offers himself on the cross, and he is now separated from us. He's experiencing death, the separation of body and soul. And so Holy Saturday is us in the waiting. Mm -hmm. We recognize that something isn't right. It's, It's supposed to be a jarring experience for us. And so, like... You probably thought that that silence was a bit awkward. Like, okay, we just prayed and now something there's Something wrong just, with my phone? Like, right. Like, was the audio okay? Like, something isn't right here. And that's the same kind of mentality that we get with Holy Saturday. And actually, I wanted to read part of the rubrics for Holy Saturday and the Roman Missal. It's interesting if you look at the Roman Missal and the rubrics and the instructions that it gives for... It has Friday of Holy Week, Good Friday, and it has the prayers, and it tells, you know, after all or and all after genuflecting to the cross depart in silence so after the celebration the altar is stripped but the cross remains on the altar with two or four candlesticks and then it says that vespers or evening prayer is not celebrated by those who have been present at the solemn afternoon liturgy celebration and then it goes directly to holy saturday and this is what the rubrics or the instructions say in the roman missal right on holy saturday the church waits at the lord's tomb in prayer and fasting meditating on his passion and death and on his descent into hell and awaiting his resurrection. The church abstains from the sacrifice of the mass with the sacred table left bare, so the altars left bare, until after the solemn vigil, that is, the anticipation by night of the resurrection when the time comes for paschal joys, the abundance of which overflows to occupy 50 days. And then it also says Holy Communion may only be given on this day as viaticum. So that's what it says. Like, that's the instructions for Holy Saturday. Well, I'd never read those before. Obviously, I haven't been a priest yet during Holy sure. Week, so I haven't read those, but that's, that's very fascinating. Right, just it, it gives us the instructions in the very first one. The church waits at the Lord's tomb in prayer and fasting, meditating on the passion. And so, you know, Holy Saturday is, is a time of silence. It's a time of waiting. And there's a verse in Sirach, uh, chapter 2, uh, and it's depending on the translation, the translation that I've read it in, it says, awaiting God's patience. And I, I that always strikes me every time I read it, because there's many times in my life I'm like, okay, God, I'm tired of waiting on you, like, but you're awaiting his patience, you're awaiting for God. And I think that sums up what Holy Saturday really is. We recognize that something isn't right, and we're waiting with a, an anticipation for something to happen. Mm-hmm. And so... When we talk about Holy Saturday, it's a reminder of the spiritual life and how often we have to wait with God, even in the silence, especially in those moments where we feel that Jesus is separated from us. We feel like he's distant because the theological significance of Holy Saturday, this is where Jesus has, he has descended to the realm of the dead. It's not hell as we would know it today, but it's the realm of the dead where he goes down to free 
he goes down to free all the righteous people that have went before him. And then when upon his resurrection, when he brings them all back up with him, he closes the gates of hell and it becomes what we know it today, this eternal separation from God. But before it was like this holding place, this waiting place is what it was. It's this odd time. It's this jarring experience in the liturgical year because again, nothing is really happening. The altar is still bare. The tomb is, Jesus is still in the tomb, right? And so what do we do with that then in the waiting on Holy Saturday? It's still a day of prayer and fasting as it says in the instructions, but we pray and we fast and we wait in the awkward. Hmm. We wait in the awkward, Hmm. right? Yeah. I don't know if you guys have any, those are my initial thoughts on this. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on on what's resonating with you when we talk about this like waiting in this silence of Holy Saturday. Yeah, one of the things that is coming to mind is, I think in the last episode, Mary-Kate talked about the image of the Pieta, the famous sculpture of Michelangelo, of, of Mary holding her son in her lap after he's taken down from the cross. And something that I found really interesting when someone was explaining the sculpture to us was that that's not the only sculpture that tries to depict that scene of Mary Mm -hmm. holding Jesus in her lap. Almost all of the other ones, kind of before the time of Michelangelo, were very focused on Jesus. And so Jesus's body took up a vast majority of the sculpture, and it always depicted just how bloody and gruesome his death was. So that's what Mm -hmm. your attention was focused on. But the difference between that and the famous uh, sculpture by Michelangelo is that your attention is drawn to Mary in that sculpture, and you're, you're looking at her kind of face and her posture as she's holding her son. That face, that posture of Mary in that moment is kind of this twofold sense, both of like the sorrow and the grief of losing her son, but you can also sense like there's a glimmer of hope there. Like she's holding out. She knows that Good Friday is going to hold out or it's going to lead to Easter Sunday. And so I just think that that's a beautiful image for us as we're going through this time on earth where we're not yet in heaven and we're kind of in this waiting period and we're seeking to you know do all the things of, of seeking to grow in the life of Christ. And it's we're kind of in this already and not yet. We have our faith and our hope fixed on the things that eternally endure. And it's not a hope of like, well, I sure hope it works out mm-hmm. that there actually is an afterlife or that Jesus will come through. There's a sense of certainty to our faith and our hope. And I think, again, that that's, that's summed up in Mary. She acknowledges the sorrow of her dead son in her lap. And yet at the same time, she still holds out in this certain faith and hope that this is not the end, but that Easter Sunday is coming. So I just find that a beautiful image when I think about that in-between state of Holy Saturday. Mm. Yeah, I feel like Holy Saturday, I've always seen it as very anticipatory. Mm. That's a word, right? Mm -hmm. Where we've breached the somberness of Good Friday, and now we're we're looking forward to the the resurrection itself. And so I, I feel like I always feel very, you know, like I'm in waiting, like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm ready, let's go kind of a thing. But I also feel like it's a day of great unity. And I think I feel that way because a lot of times on Holy Saturday, I'll tune into around 2 p.m. here in the States, I'll tune into the Easter Vigil Mass that's happening in Rome. And it might be in a different language, but I know exactly where they're at in the Mass. And 
I find that when you think about Holy Saturday and the whole Triduum in general, when you think about how everything that we're doing is happening the world over, no matter where you're at, whatever country it might be, they're doing the same thing. Mm. They're all waiting with the rest of us for the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like it's it's one, it's very anticipatory, and it's also just very unifying to mm-hmm. think about all of the people who are just waiting, waiting mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And then that joy that we all feel mm-hmm. when the resurrection happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's true in our spiritual lives too. Like even when we feel like we've hit rock bottom, if we asked ourselves, like in the core of our hearts, do we have hope, even just the slightest glimmer of hope, hmm. the majority of us would probably say, well, there's something there, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little bit there. Even if it's like buried way, way deep, that we have that hope of the resurrection, that things are going to change. And it's the same kind of mentality. I mean, that the apostles found themselves in, you know, Mary found herself in, Magdalene found herself in, that there's like, wow, they're mourning in that pain. But yet there is that hope somewhere. Mm -hmm. There's hope, right? There's always hope. And I think that that's what Holy Saturday really can illustrate for us is that there is hope. There's always hope when we keep our eyes on Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But we have to have that trust that, that what he says is true and that he is who he says he is, that he is the resurrection and the life. He's not the dead and the dying, but he is the resurrection and the life that is to come. And right. So did you, you were nodding as if you had something. Well, it's, it's just, it's difficult because, you know, this was a past event mm-hmm. and yet in the liturgy, we're trying to live it out as if it was taking place right now, right? Mm-hmm. So 2000 years ago, Jesus, who historically existed, went through his death. He was in the tomb, and then Easter Sunday he rose, but you had that waiting period. So it's, sometimes it's hard for us to imagine what it really would have been like that Holy Saturday because we already know the end of the story. Like We know that he right. rises, and yet like the church asks us and the liturgy kind of guides us into just imagining like what it would be like if you were in that state of waiting and you didn't quite yet have kind of like the news results that, oh, by the way, like Jesus is risen after all this. It it really leads you to go back in time, so to speak, and imagine what that would have been like if you didn't have it revealed to you. And yet you're, you're holding out in faith to the promises that he made. Because every time in the Gospels that he says, you know, the Son of Man must go up to Jerusalem and suffer greatly and be put to death, he always said, and on the third day be raised. And so, or you think about the apostles who were at the transfiguration and they saw the Lord in his glory. And that was kind of his way of saying, hey, as I enter into my passion, remember this, like, remember my glory and keep in mind that I said I will rise in three days. So how it must have been for the apostles to say, well, it pretty clearly looks like he's dead and he ain't coming back. So by all natural means, like, we should not be hoping for anything more than this. And yet there's something about the fact that he said he was going to rise again. And that's that's why faith is ultimately trust in a person. I, I'm going to trust what you say because I trust you. So the apostles were in this place of saying, like, there's no way that this is supposed to keep going. Like, this is supposed to be the end of the story. And yet, you said that you were going to rise from the dead. I trust you, so I'm going to wait in faith and hope. And that's mm-hmm. the same 
sort of disposition that we're called to have. Well, and it's the same disposition we are called to have every single time we gather for the holy sacrifice of the Mass, that we are called to have faith in a person, Jesus, and we are called to have hope in him, in the truth of the resurrection. Because every time we gather for the Mass, the liturgy, we are reliving the fullness of these three days. We are living out the Triduum Mm -hmm. every time we gather for the Mass. And so there is even that silence in that waiting point, that anticipatory part in the liturgy as well. Those moments of silence within the liturgy, whether it be after the homily or even it could be right as the altar is being prepared, like there's that waiting. We're waiting for the Eucharistic prayer to start. We're waiting for Jesus to come to us. And that symbolism of when the gifts are brought forward, when the gifts of bread and wine are brought forward, that symbolism of that's Jesus entering into Jerusalem. And so we're journeying again with him. We are journeying to meet him on Calvary too. So even in the liturgy, there's that those times of anticipatory waiting. And so we get that here just at a prolonged period of time. And that's what we're called to enter into. And like I mentioned earlier, just the, a lot of times in our spiritual lives, we have that, we, we find ourselves awaiting God's patience. We find ourselves waiting for him to move because ultimately it's, him it's the holy spirit that moves in our hearts first to for us to develop a relationship with him we on our own power don't do that but there's an inspiration through the holy spirit and so it's also the holy spirit that allows us to await god's patience in this and to sit with him mm-hmm. to sit at the tomb and wait with him so absolutely yep. i don't know mary kate did you have any thoughts on it's just this sense of waiting i feel like it's so strong during the day Mm -hmm. and even like leading up because my family always goes to the Easter vigil and so even like leading up as you're getting ready to go to the Easter vigil and whatnot like you feel very like anticipatory like I'm getting ready for this event we can almost say the forbidden word yeah (sighs) (laughs) calm yourself But no, I just feel like, yeah, there's this this strong, strong sense of waiting. I feel like once you get to the point of you're about to celebrate the Easter Vigil, that's kind of when it's like, okay, we're here. Let's mm-hmm. go. Let's do this. It's like the weight is lifted off, at least for me, at least since I've been back in the church and I really started to dive in and into the Trudum a little bit more. I always felt like there's just this weight. Mm-hmm. On me on Holy Saturday. W-E-I-G-H-T? Yes. I agree. The weight of the W-A-I-T. Yeah. The weight of the weight. The weight weight. of the weight. Whoa. Yes. Wow. That's that's what the name of this podcast is. Yes. The weight weight of the weight. weight. Yes. The weight (laughs) of the weight. (laughs) But no, I I completely agree with you. But I always feel that there's just this heaviness. Mm -hmm. That there's something that's there. There's like a burden. Yeah. And at least for me, my prayer is, Lord, allow me to feel the uncomfortableness that you felt in this moment. Because I can't imagine that it was comfortable for Jesus to go down and do what he did in Hades, you know, and free everyone that went. Like, I can't imagine that was just, that was work for him. Like, he was going down. There was joyous work, obviously. But, like, there had to be some sort of, like, uncomfortableness there. And so... I don't know. That's what I think. It's like, how, Lord, allow me to like be with you there. Hmm. So, We've sort of talked about that. All of these episodes is how Jesus goes lower and lower to be in mm-hmm. solidarity with us for the sake of redeeming us. And now part of our own journey is like more intentionally 
than being in solidarity with him in all of these moments. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful way to just sum up what we've been sharing the last couple episodes as well. Right. Yeah, again, the image of descending to mm-hmm. be raised again, to be brought up to new life. And I think that's the whole purpose of Holy Saturday, to remind us of that, to the, remind us of the uncomfortableness to descend and to get low and to, to mm. be a servant, yeah. to then rise again to new life. And so that part of the waiting of Holy Saturday. But I mean, the good thing is, is we do get to celebrate the Easter vigil, but Thank it's God. we celebrate it in the night, though it has to be dark. And so... The Easter vigils typically don't start until 8, 30, 9 o'clock, depending on what diocese mm-hmm. you're in. But it starts with fire. And I want to start with this. And we won't talk about the entire Easter vigil because that's a whole other, that could be a whole other episode in and of itself because it's probably my favorite liturgy of the entire year. But we start with this image of fire because, again, we're in the night. We're in the waiting. We're in the darkness. There's this shadow of Christ, the light, was separated from us and now... We use this image of fire to represent the light of Christ being brought back into the world. And so I just want to actually read the prayer. So I'll read the prayer in which we start the liturgy with, but then also the prayer of the fire. And just like, this is how the Easter Vigil starts. So we journey with Jesus, you know, on Holy Thursday. He's descended into the to prison for the night. He then is crucified on the cross and then separated from us all of Holy Thursday. And so we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And now we get to this part and there's fire. And there's significance for that. But the liturgy starts with this. Dear brethren, in this most sacred night in which our Lord Jesus Christ passed over from death to life, the church calls upon her sons and daughters scattered throughout the world to come together to watch and pray. If we keep the memorial of the Lord's Paschal Solemnity in this way, listening to his word and celebrating his mysteries, then we shall have the sure hope of sharing his triumph over death and living with him in God. And so then immediately the priest goes on to blessing the fire and he says, Let us pray. O God, who through your Son bestowed upon the faithful the fire of your glory, sanctify this new fire, we pray and grant that by these paschal celebrations we may be so inflamed with heavenly desires that with minds made pure we may attain festivities of unending splendor through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. That is how the Easter Vigil starts. So we have this torture, this death, the passion of Christ, and now we reach the point of celebration where... In this, the opening prayer, the church calls upon all of us who have, throughout these past couple of days, watched and prayed with our Lord to come together to celebrate the mystery so that we have the sure hope of sharing his triumph over death. And then to go on that we may be so inflamed with heavenly desires that with minds made pure, we may obtain festivities of unending splendor. Come on. That, that, that is just... That is how we go mm-hmm. from death to new life, that we start with this image of fire, that it so inflames in us heavenly desires. If I could build off that, I'm just thinking right now about how we also use that Paschal candle throughout the rest of the year mm-hmm. at baptisms, but then also at funerals. Mm-hmm. And I remember in seminary, our professor who was 
teaching us how to conduct like a funeral liturgy, he said, men, if you do not refer to the Paschal candle at some point in the funeral liturgy, I will hunt you down and I will hurt you. So <laughs> kind of drilled into our brain that at well. the funerals, we try to do something to point out the candle because after a person has died, their body or if they were cremated, their cremated remains are there and it's placed near the Paschal candle throughout the funeral. So you have that beautiful image of the fire that you were talking about and the Paschal candle that is blessed and that is lit on Easter Vigil. It's there throughout the rest of the year as that reminder to us at baptisms, but then also at funerals that when somebody has died, it's kind of an in-between period for, well, for that person, you know, if they're in a state of uh, being in in purgatory and that final cleansing before heaven, they're kind of in an in-between stage. But then for all of us, as we're kind of mourning their loss, we're kind of going through a a mixture of emotions Mm -hmm. of saddened by their loss, and yet at the same time, encouraged by this light, this flame that reminds us of the hope that we have of eternal life. So I'm just, yeah, reminded of Easter Vigil is when that candle begins. Mm -hmm. And then that spirit of what it symbolizes is still there throughout the rest of the liturgical year. Well, in those emotions that you just said, you know, when we experience somebody dying, those, you know, mixes of just sadness, hopelessness or whatever, like those are also the same feelings that we have during the day of Holy Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, before right. we get to the Easter Vigil, we have all of these mixed emotions. And so it's not just something that we do only on Holy Saturday, but it's the reality of life and death and those emotions that we grapple with mm-hmm. in our day to day life. So, yeah, exactly. Could you read that last part about the festivities again? Do you want me to just read the whole prayer again? Sure. Or just the whole, or just the last (laughs) line? So this is, yeah, this is when the priest is blessing the fire. O God, who through your son bestowed upon the faithful the fire of your glory, sanctify this new fire, we pray, and grant that by these paschal celebrations we may be so inflamed with heavenly desires that with minds made pure we may attain festivities of unending splendor through Christ our Lord. I'm just thinking about the contrast between during the day of Holy Saturday, we're waiting with all these mixed emotions. Mm -hmm. And then we get to Easter Vigil and we hear about these festivities. And then a short while later in the Exultat, one of the lines is, let this holy building shake with joy. Mm. And it's like, yes, Jesus is risen. Like, let's go. Let's do this. Like, Mm -hmm. you go from these mixed emotions to these festivities, this joy, this just deep joy. And I know, like, throughout the Easter Vigil, there are just moments where I'm brought to tears just with the joy of it all. Especially, like, you know, when people are being brought into the church and whatnot. It's it's a very awesome time. But, yeah, I'm just struck by the the contrast of, you know, waiting with sorrow over the death of our Lord to this joy, mm-hmm. this unending joy. The part in the exalted that I, I mean, I enjoy the whole thing. I love the whole exalted, but <laughs> it says, this is the night that even now throughout the world sets Christian believers apart from worldly vices and from the gloom of sin, leading them to grace and joining them to his holy ones. This is the night when Christ broke the prison bars of death and rose victorious from the underworld. Our birth would have been no gain had we not been redeemed. Our, o wonder of your humble care for us, O love, O charity beyond all telling, to ransom a slave, you gave away your son. And mm-hmm. then it goes through, it talks about the O necessary sin of Adam, destroyed completely by the death of Christ. O happy fault that earns so great, so glorious a redeemer. 
I could just I need to stop or else I'll read the rest of it. There, there <laughs> the rest is of it. so much in the Exalted. It's, it's so great. Oh, it's beautiful. I was actually chanting it before we even started recording. I, was <laughs> I may chanting. or may not have gotten a video of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so just really beautiful. But then also when you get to the blessing of the candle, if you've ever been to the Easter vigil, so we start outside, there's the fire, and then we get the Paschal candle, the brand new Paschal candle. And there's a prayer that goes with it as the priest is like inscribing the year and the cross that's there with the Alpha, the Omega. And so this is the prayer he prays. As he cuts a vertical line, he says, Christ yesterday and today. And then he cuts a horizontal line, the beginning and the end. He cuts then the letter of the Alpha above the vertical line. So he says the Alpha and he cuts the letter Omega below the vertical line. All time belongs to him as he cuts the first numerical so because every paschal candle has the year in which we're in so it'd be the first letter all time belongs to him and all ages is the second number to him be glory through every age and forever amen so christ yesterday and today the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega all time belongs to him and all the ages to him be glory and power through every age forever and ever amen I think we referenced that when we talked about the Kronos and Kairos. We Remember that episode? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Because, and then we also talked about too, like by his holy and glorious wounds, may Christ the Lord guard us and protect us. Amen. That's when the little incense bulbs are being put into the candle representing the five wounds of Christ as well. Hmm. So right off the bat in the vigil, we go from these extreme emotions of like, uh, what in the world is happening, you know, throughout the day and Holy Saturday to boom, Christ is victorious within just a few minutes of the liturgy mm-hmm. beginning. Christ yesterday and today, beginning and the end. Like we are just claiming the power of Jesus and the light that he brings into the world. When you were reading that section, the only thing that I could think of was praise be Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He is victorious. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately what these days are about. Mm-hmm is that he is going to be victorious. Yeah. He is victorious. Yeah. Amen. Right. He is. And that's the whole point of celebrating Easter, right? And that's why we have 50 days to celebrate Easter. Mm-hmm. But also every time we gather for the Mass, we celebrate this resurrection. Like This isn't just something that we celebrate once a year. This isn't just something that we go through three days out of the year and like, oh, we've entered the sacred Paschal Triduum. Yes, it's a big deal and we need to take it to heart and we need to live it. But we celebrate that. Every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every time we go to Mass, we celebrate the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord. Mm-hmm. And we should treat it as such. We should live in that victory. We should live in that hope, that eternal hope. I've often heard of Sundays called Little Easters. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because we celebrate the joy of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take the fact checker's place on this one and verify for you guys that I have been to Calvary and I have been to the tomb and I can confirm that they are indeed empty. Good to know. Yes. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> and maybe a little concern. I'm kidding. Yeah. Totally. I had zero doubt in my mind. I know. I know. But the other thing too that I reflected on while I was there because I had the chance to say mass on Calvary and I had the chance to say mass in the tomb where Christ was buried and, and rose from. And it was just a beautiful reflection for me to realize that we don't have to go halfway around the world in order to be mm-hmm. on Calvary and to be at the tomb because that mystery is made present sacramentally on our altars every time that we come to Mass. And so, yeah, if you can't afford a plane ticket and go all the way over to Israel, Israel is where Jesus was 
2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. But where he is now and where the Paschal Mystery unfolds for us now in a sacramental way is on the altar every time that we go to Mass. Right. You want proof of the resurrection. All you have to do is look at the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. That is proof of the resurrection right there. And the Eucharist, uh, Christ is made present to us. He's represented to us in an unbloody manner on the altar every time we gather for Mass. And we experience that same joy. And the, the Eucharist is what gives us this inflamed heart for heavenly desires like that is what the eucharist does for us and gives us that so uh, you know we journey through the the confusion the awkwardness the jarring experience of holy saturday during the day but then when we get to the night we celebrate with great joy Woo! like we party like we've never partied before ain't no party like a catholic party that's that's very true because a catholic party don't stop well, that's, oh. yeah. Welcome to the liturgical life of the church. <laughs> Except on Good Friday when we have to fast yeah. and abstain. Well, we that's true. Well, and according bit, to so. the rubric, I said that on, whole, like, on Holy Saturday during the day, the rubrics say to fast and pray yep. and mourn. Then you can dip your Oreo in your Nutella. That's what Easter, the Easter season is all about. What? Don't give me those looks. That actually sounds really good, Gross. but that was... Try okay. it. You got to try it, man. That's Easter Sunday. Okay, well, whatever. Breakfast. <laughs> no. Okay, so I actually want to end this episode before we get to the one choice. I want to read an ancient, this comes from an ancient homily on Holy Saturday. So it's a little lengthy, but it's beautiful and it's worth it. Uh, so this comes from the Office of Readings in the Liturgy of the Hours. It's the second reading for Holy Saturday. You get the mix of emotions, but then you get the joy of Easter in it as well. So I'm just going to read it. From an ancient homily on Holy Saturday. Something strange is happening. There is a great silence on earth today. A great silence and stillness. The whole earth keeps silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh. And he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. God has died in the flesh and hells tremble with fear. He has gone to search for our first parent, as for a lost sheep, greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death. He has gone to free from sorrow the captives, Adam and Eve, he who is both God and the son of Eve. The Lord approached them bearing the cross, the weapon that had won him victory. At the sight of him, Adam, the first man he had created, struck his breast in terror and cried out to everyone, My Lord be with you all. Christ answered him and with your spirit. He took him by the hand and raised him up saying, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I am your God, who for your sake have become your son. Out of love for you and for your descendants, I now by my own authority command all who are held in bondage to come forth, all who are in darkness to be enlightened, all who are sleeping to arise. I order you, O sleeper, to awake. I did not create you to be held a prisoner in hell. Rise from the dead, for I am the life of the dead. Rise up, work of my hands, you who were created in my image. Rise, let us leave this place, for you are in me, and I am in you. Together we form only one person, and we cannot be separated. For your sake, I, your God, became your son. I, the Lord, took the form of a slave. 
I whose home is above the heavens, descended to the earth and beneath the earth. For your sake, for the sake of man, I became like a man without help, free among the dead. For the sake of you who left a garden, I was betrayed to the Jews in a garden, and I was crucified in a garden. See on my face the spittle I received in order to restore to you the life I once breathed into you. See there the marks of the blows I received in order to refashion your warped nature in my image. On my back, see the marks of the scourging I endured to remove the burden of sin that weighs upon your back. See my hands nailed firmly to a tree, for you who once wickedly stretched out your hand to a tree. I slept on the cross, and a sword pierced my side, for you who slept in paradise and brought forth Eve from your side. My side has healed the pain in yours. My sleep will rouse you from your sleep in hell. The sword that pierced me has sheathed the sword that was turned against you. Rise, let us leave this place. The enemy led you out of the earthly paradise. I will not restore you to that paradise, but I will enthrone you in heaven. I forbade you the tree that was only a symbol of life, but see... I, who am life itself, and now one with you. I appointed cherubim to guard you as slaves are guarded, but now I make them worship you as God. The throne formed by cherubim awaits you. Its bearers swift and eager. The bridal chamber is adored. The banquet is ready. The eternal dwelling places are prepared. The treasure houses of all good things lie open. The kingdom of heaven has been prepared for you from all eternity. It's honestly one of my favorite readings. Chills. Right? It's a classic. The awake, O sleeper. So just a good reminder that, you know, as we enter into Holy Saturday and the joys of Easter, like we are called to awake, that Jesus descended into hell, to Hades, to this waiting place to free the captives, just like he descends to our darkest gloom to rise us up. He calls us to rise with him. He says the same thing to us, awake, O sleeper, that in that jarring experience, will we awake and will we allow our hearts to be inflamed with the fire of his love mm-hmm. and the joys of the resurrection. So so we got for Holy Saturday. Amen. Easter. Wait cool. the wait. Wait. The weight of the, the weight. The weight of the weight. Yes. Yes. Cool. Awesome. All right. Well, we probably should move on to one joys. Yeah. Let's do it. What do you guys got? So just like a couple episodes ago, Mary Kate gave an anticipatory one joy. I, too, have an anticipatory one joy. I will be heading tomorrow afternoon onto a desert day slash Pustinia. So mm-hmm. I'll be able to just have 24 hours to go off the grid and just be able to dedicate some more time for prayer, which I think is going to be really helpful for these days because these are very busy days in the life of the church, but these are also just such holy and important days. So I'm looking forward to just pushing all the work to the side for a full 24 hours, getting rid of my phone and just being able to immerse myself in some prayer some time of solitude. The place I'm going to has a nice view of the river and it's just hopefully going to be a peaceful time and refreshing and renewing to then be able to enter all the more fully into these days. So that's my anticipatory one joy. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, my one joy, outside of the weather getting nicer and being able to be outside, that will continually be a one joy. But I will also say an anticipatory joy. I love sitting with our Lord at the altar of repose. Mm. And so I'm just, I'm looking forward to that, to just 
because I usually sit there just very late too. And I just, I'm looking forward to that joy, that kind of that quiet. I'm not able to get away for like a Pustinia during the Triduum or anything, but that'll be a mini Pustinia right there to just looking forward to just entering into the Triduum and being with our Lord. So that's my one joy. Yeah. I'm, I kind of feel like some of mine are in line with yours. I, I've really been enjoying having, you know, a couple of days to have the windows open and whatnot and get the fresh air in the house. So it's been nice to see the weather getting better. But I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the Triduum, but even more so, I'm really excited to see how my sons are growing. They're learning to crawl right now. Mm-hmm. So they're just getting bigger and bigger and moving around so much more than they were before. And it's a joy to see them growing a a bittersweet joy because you know you look back on when they were little tiny five pound babies and getting to hold them but now they're you know 17 18 pounds rolling around like it's nobody's business so Mm. it's a joy to see them experiencing the world really for the first time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. cool well that's all we got for you today but we wish you a, a very blessed triduum Uh, very blessed Easter. Just encourage you to enter in as much as you can to these sacred days. All of us would agree that you will not regret it. Just taking the time to really work on entering in. It's truly a blessed and joyful time, even in the suffering. So know that we're praying for you. We ask for your prayers for us. And until next time, peace. God God bless. bless.